Welcome to episode 32 of the Golf Betting System podcast. This week we are covering the US Open at Shinnecock Hills. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. I'm Steve Bamford, PGA Tour Preview at Golf Betting System. And with me we have European Tour expert Paul Williams. Evening to you, Paul. Evening, Steve. How are you doing? Very good. good. Sorry, just one in an inning, so I'm over the moon with that. Top of the county championship. Very nice. And podcast pundit... Barry, how are you? Barry O'Hanrahan from A Good Talk Sport. How are you, Barry? I'm so excited. This week is lining up amazing. I can't wait for this. Looking forward to this show. I always I always use Kid in a Candy Store. Can you come up with a better one? Um, yeah, well, probably a few, but we would have to mark the podcast explicit then, so uh, let's keep <laughs> it clean. Yeah, I think I know where you're heading. Uh, golfbettingsystem.co.uk I know we're going to have quite a few new listeners to the podcast as we're covering the second major of 2018 Twitter handles I'm at Bamford Golf Paul is at Golf Betting Barry is at a good talk uh, a good talk golf we're available on Podbean iTunes TuneIn for Android Player FM Podtail Uh, naturally subscribe or follow the podcast and tell your friends about the show if you can rate and review us on iTunes, that would be fantastic. New listeners this week, of course, so please take time to give your i or to give iTunes your positive feedback about the show. It spreads the word. Right, brilliant. Um, congratulations to Paul this week, twenty-eight to one winner at the Shot Clock Masters, and just to really rub it in, he also landed a hundred and fifty to one full each way place at the same tournament. That's an absolute corking result. That was, yeah. It, what, it, was, it, what a it was rather pleasing. He played really, really well, Cajon, didn't he? He was absolutely on top of his game. Cedar Green, he was um, he was really strong. Didn't make a bogey, did he, until was it the ninth on Sunday for the whole week? Very, very good. And, yeah, as you say, Webster coming through. He, he was right in position, wasn't he? Halfway Webster, and then he... He fell, fell right away on Saturday um, and then uh, pulled it back round on Sunday to get himself a nice third place finish and, uh, as you say, 150 to one place as well. So That's that's profit and loss boosting. That, that, that'll, yeah. that'll show up at the end of the year. The other thing I, you said in that podcast last week was, we don't know how this is going to work, but just simply select players that are going to go well on the golf course. Mm. I mean, he clearly, he loves that place and... Um, you just about got twenty eight to one before it all disappeared, didn't you? Yeah, it was. Um, there were people pulling out left, right, and centre, weren't they? So, yeah, it was, it was there for a, a, a little bit longer after we we went live. But uh, yeah, there, there was because yeah, Van Ruyen and uh, Van Van Ruyen and uh, Bermester both pulled out, didn't we? Didn't they? Uh, kind of Tuesday lunchtime ish. So that had another knock on effect with the markets as well. But, um, but even so, he was still sixth or seventh favourite, something like that. And uh, he never, never looked in, uh, never looked in doubt. And it's funny because he's been in some you know, half decent positions in the past. And uh, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's not been the best of finishers by any stretch, but um, you know, clearly it was his time. And, uh, he looked very He showed sure. progress this year in that regard, though, didn't he? He wasn't disappearing completely. He was actually hanging around at yeah. the end of some tournament. Yeah, wasn't he? yeah, yeah. And he was clearly playing some good golf. And as you said, I think the, the key, the critical point to take away from that was that 
Um, yeah, it was a you know it was a new format, and actually to be fair, the format went down very very well with the players, and uh, you know there's a lot of positive comments about it. It shaved just over half an hour off the average um, average round time, so you know yeah. mission mission accomplished from that perspective. Um, you know, and it wasn't just European tour players who were. Uh, lording it up either there were you know there were a number of the PGA Tour players who obviously keeping a close eye and a keen eye on what's happening um, in that event and uh, you know it was it was kind of applause all round so uh, so Keith was clearly pleased with his uh, with his brainchild and uh, the impact that it had but uh, did it have a massive impact on the outcome of the tournament I'm not sure really because there was only really a handful of uh, penalties that were dished out I think the first two days there were none at all so um, it was, um, you know, it was almost incidental, apart from the fact that obviously each of the, each of the shots were, you know, visibly being timed. But um, no, all, all good all round. I think it was, it was good for the European Tour. Nice little experiment. See where that leads them going forward. And uh, as you say, in terms of a, a result, that was um, that was great financially for the week. Really positive. Just a shame that um, Mr. Wesley Bryan didn't. Uh, Finished the job off last night and gets a nice uh, two hundred to one place that you know, looked to be pretty uh, pretty strong going into the final day, didn't it? Forty to one, yeah. Ah, uh, for this place, yeah. he was absolute game, wasn't it? Babe? He's now taking top spot off Siwoo Kim for uh, gambling enemies. <laughs> that was cruel. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah, the whole game fell apart in the end, didn't it? He couldn't agree, he couldn't do anything. I mean, that, that bunker shot on the last par five was absolutely abysmal. Yeah. They couldn't even get it out of the bunker. Nah. <laughs> it was a shame. I, I, I was talking to a, a lad on Facebook last night who um, who had two separate £50 each way bets, on um, each way double bets on Webster and Wes Bryan, no. um, which would have paid, um, for oh, combined, combined just over a hundred grand. And, oh, no and, way. Uh, yeah, he wasn't very happy, as you can expect. He wasn't very happy at all. The thing that got me about Wesley Bryan was, when you looked at him last year, when he got into the contention, he hung around. He was rock solid. That's the first time he's ever kind of been in the top three or four, going into a final round and capitulating. Mm. So I suppose it happens to all of them. But And you'll probably find at some event later on in the year, he flies like a, the Wyndham Championship and probably wins from about eight behind going into Sunday. So you got you got to keep your eye out, but I think the, um, the the idea of the bet was correct. Um, I think Ryan Bland was doing some good stuff as well, and then he had the audacity to get paired with the world number one that now is, and absolutely had a lobotomy, which you could see happening anyway, because he's he's the sort that <laughs> he, he seems to get quite a few sort of eighteenth, twelfth, eleventh place finishes. Doesn't seem to really hang around that much. Mm. And that that all became far too much for him on Saturday. Yeah, it's, it's, it's either a bit boom but, boom or bust with Blaum, isn't it? You know, there's a lot of miscuts yeah. in there. You know, he never he never bounced back like your man did on the Sunday. I was half hoping he might shoot something low on the Sunday because it would all feel so much easier now that he wasn't going to be on camera. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes they've that, just got to get that, that bad round out of the system, haven't they? And uh, yeah. it takes the pressure off completely. And then you know, so sometimes they have a, a strong enough round on the Sunday to mm. actually get over the line, but. Um, He's another one, you know, like a barber soul or something like that in a few weeks' time. One of these second division events mm. that no one really watches. He, that Blaum's the kind of one that will pop up, something like that. Yeah, and again, the the champion Bermuda link that we picked out with him. Um, you know, He was first for strokes game putting after 36 yeah, precisely. Hours. He reacts on the surface, so 
you know, it's, it's well worth bearing in mind. I know there's three or four different events dotted over the course of the calendar, isn't there? So um, yeah. it's, uh, it's certainly one to consider, regardless of his form. Because it does make you, it does make your Sunday evening a little bit depressing. But you didn't have you have to crack on, don't you? Shinnecock kills this week. Mm. Let, let's get stuck in. I suppose the first question I'm going to ask you two is: it's the obvious question. It's probably the question that everyone's asking. Can you see anyone outside of Dustin Johnson winning this week? What do you reckon, boys? Go on, Barry. I'll let you say that. Uh, you you crack on, Barry. Um, yeah, <laughs> he's got to beat 155 other guys. That's um, that's a tough ask. He, um, you know, it's it's and it's never, as history points out, it's not a good thing to win the week before U.S. Open. I don't think anybody's done it. So um, it's not, yeah, it's difficult. Very yeah, I mean, he wasn't okay. I know he got to nineteen under, but he wasn't complete. You know, it didn't look like everything was totally on a string. You know, there was, there was a lot of great play, but it didn't look complete. Now that 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 said, that could be the the last kind of week of tweaking to get his game into perfect shape for this week. Um, and if anybody can kind of just ride a win and kind of shrug it off as if it's no big thing and go on and win the US Open, um, it's a relaxed character like Dusty. Mm-hmm. But I still think there's so much competition out there. And um, I think we're going to, you know, through our picks throughout the show, we're going to make some very strong cases for uh, for those guys beating him next week and, and everybody else in the field. For new listeners, we um, we did a a. US Open preview, if you like. We recorded it last Thursday, wasn't it, chaps? And we, we released yeah. it on Friday. It's been very popular over the weekend. Um, I almost call it like a prep sheet because we covered off a lot of US Open trends, which Barry's alluding to there. We car- we covered off a lot about the golf course, Shinnecock Hills. So if you want to know more about trends, skill sets of winners, that you know when they've won this, coming into the event, the course itself... Just go back to episode uh, the previous episode, which is episode 31, and we've got a whole hour there of US Open chat. So we're going to keep a little bit more to the actual players this week. All I will do, boys, I'll read out his stats from last week, because you know what we were saying about key stats. Mm-hmm. Greens in regulation, 10th. Total driving, 9th. Strokes gained off the tee, 4th. All round, 1st. Strong. Now, if he'd have finished second or third, you'd be thinking, yeah, he's going to win it. But on the basis he won it, and on the basis that he's now world number one, and there's the statistical trend that I put every year about only Tiger Woods winning it since 2000 as a reigning world number one, it puts me off him. I mean, it's, it's becoming clear from a lot of stuff that we're seeing on Twitter and Instagram um, I know Ted Scott was tweeting something out um, about it um, the last couple of hours. He says it's a total bombers course. Those are his words. It's a, it's really going to um, help the bombers this week, and you can see it's a wide off the tee. If you can keep it um, out of the fescue, yeah. If you can keep it off the fescue, and it all depends how quick they're going to make the, the fairways, doesn't it? Mm. Do you think the? Yeah. Um, Sorry, go. If it if it plays really firm and fast, and they let it get crazy on the, I can almost see a circumstance where I think they're going to let the fairways get really fast, and they're going to have to water these greens because these greens are firstly poana, secondly they're quite you know they're quite um, tilted, 
There, there, there's lots of different undulations on these greens, and if they don't water the greens, it's going to get way out of control. Yeah, like t- t- 2004, that's where it kind yeah, of Especially with all these new runoff areas. I mean, 2004, they let the greens get out of control, but they knew all of the greens were surrounded with four inches of rut. Mm. That's not happening this week. So they're going to have to keep those greens receptive to a certain extent. And as we know, it looks like there's going to be 15 gusting 20 mile an hour wind in play across a few quite significant chunks of the tournament. So I think they'll let the fairways get firm. Really a lot of chase on the fairways, but they're going to keep those greens um, to a point where they'll reset, where they'll actually accept shots. And I, I think that just really, really helps. Well, I mean, it helps everyone, but it has to help the Bombers more than anyone else. But then with two par fives on the course, one of which is a three-shotter for the vast, vast majority of the field, yeah, then one the, one's reachable. Yeah. yeah, one's reachable. One's one's borderline if you absolutely nail the drive. Yeah. Um, that to me negates the impact of the bombers to a certain degree because they'll be looking to take advantage on a, on a par seventy two. They'll be looking to take advantage of the four par fives to make make a score there to you know hang on them with some of the other holes. They haven't got that privilege here. They've got two par fives, one of which is essentially going to be a three shotter unless you know the prevailing winds going. You know, it's, it, the winds helping them out, or they nail a three hundred and fifty yard drive and get there with a three wood or a five wood or something. But um, but yes, um, for me, DJ is. I'm undoubtedly the right person to be favourite for this. Yeah. Um, he was playing some far better golf last week. We've seen him take fields apart. We saw him take the field apart the century of the first uh, first tournament of the year. He clearly won by six uh, yesterday. Um, will the the impact of him being paired with Tiger Woods um, and Justin Thomas is in there as well as the third part of that uh, that group. Mm, Will that have an yeah. impact on how he performs? Because as we know, there's always a circus surrounded by uh, you know surrounded by any any of the uh, groupings that contain Tiger Woods. Um, That's not a great draw, is it? I don't care what way you look at that. Being drawn with Tiger, especially at a major, is not a good draw. Well, it goes one or two ways with the with the players, but for the vast majority of those two ways, it's generally down, isn't it? It's you know concentration yeah, levels. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rosie loves it. Justin Rose, he's because he did well at the Memorial when Tiger uh, with Tiger a few weeks ago, and he said, "Oh, it just gets me on my on my game." And he got paired with him at uh, Bay Hill in the mm-hmm. third round, and again, he outplayed Tiger. Yeah, and uh, he just says, "I love it." But you, you know, I mean, you can do head to head numbers, can't you, on a lot of uh, on a couple of websites. And uh, I looked this morning, and Dustin Johnson hasn't played that much with Tiger recently. But when he has played with him, just in his career, it, it isn't a good look. There's a lot of seventies in there. Put it that way. There's a lot of plus seventy scores. Yeah. Nah, clearly, he could he could walk it this week, couldn't he? I mean, he, he is the rightful favourite. I just got I've got some significant doubts though, personally. You've got to be at that price. You've got to be. Yeah, you've got. Yeah. You've, you've got, got to be one hundred and ten percent sure, and you you're almost all in with that, aren't you? It's, it's yeah, kind of it's sixty percent of your bankroll on the on the week going in on a win only bet. So you fancy that's ball, Barry? That's that, that's balls deep, isn't it? Yeah. At that price, you fancy a bit of DJ this week, Barry? Uh maybe on some fantasy teams if I can get a couple of sleepers, um, you know, to offset his cost something along those lines but uh, from a betting perspective no 
Not interested. No. What are your thoughts on McElroy? He's second favourite at the moment. Kind of jointly, to be fair. I mean, it's not a lot in it. There's, there's some, there's some bookmakers have got McElroy second favourite. Some have got Rowe. Some have got Justin Thomas. They're pretty much level. What do, you, what do we think of McElroy? If Alistair's tight, I mean, let, it's, it, let's be clear here as well. This is one of these really rare events. DJ is now world number one. It's going to keep happening all year. He's back to number one. Thomas, McElroy, Rose and John Rahm can all get world number one this week. And I think in some circumstances that means nothing. I think in others that might just eke away at the back of back of mind slightly. For the guys that have never been in that situation before, McElroy's been there, you know, he's... Uh, yeah. Whilst he'd love to get back to world number one, I'm sure it's not going to be the be all and end all. Someone like Rose, um, I think that might yeah. that might impact him more. It might, you know, I do, yeah. it might be something that you know, going back to the um, to, to the DP oh, World yeah. Tour Championship where he had the chance to win the race to Dubai and he was in position to win the race to Dubai going into the final nine, um, and it all dried up. You know whether you know whether that's just. Incidental, whether it really was the you know starting to impact his game, um, you know, I'm sure you'd never fully get to the bottom of. But it happened there. Would this same thing happen again? Don't know. I was I was I was quite smitten on Rose, but I don't know. I mean, you know, I keep records. All most of his wins in the states, he does like playing upstate. So you know, New York, great location for him. But you look most most of these wins are all on pure bent grass greens, and they're all on tree line golf courses in the main. That is, he doesn't grab me as the most natural. I know it sounds ridiculous from you know the way that he broke out all those years ago at the Open, but for me, he's not the most naturally links favourable player. But often, clearly, you, you know what I mean. You you see where I'm heading. Well, often with a Lynx track, you're going to need to have a very sharp short game. As to, you know, we, we don't really know how this is going to work because clearly the course has changed. Last time when Goosen won, he topped the um, he topped the charts for scrambling on the week. So clearly it was an important, very important factor um, that your short game was right up there. Lefty was second. I mean, that, that kind of rubber stamps that. Um, yes, they've shaved the, uh, the banks here. That gives different options to players and sometimes the players that they aren't don't like it well sometimes they do sometimes they don't go back to um, go back to Kaiman when he won his US Open um, you know he could take the putter from off of the um, off the putting surfaces quite regularly couldn't he in fact I, don't, I, I can't recall he chipped at all on that uh, that event no he didn't um, and you know this will have a similar set of options available to, uh, to, to players now because of the way that they've set the course up um, as to whether that favours or uh, it's detrimental to some of the players R- remains to be seen I guess going back to your point 37 um, never been world number one one major I just think I just I, I think of those players it, it would affect him most because it is a big deal you know, for someone of his ilk yep. of someone of his stature to become world number one and to win your second major all at the same time yep. I think he can either finish second, a solo second, and then of course it all depends on what Johnson's done. Yeah. And then I think um, it's something along the lines of Speed, McElroy, and Rahm have to win it. 
I mean, you could also argue it's all secondary at the end of the day. It's a major championship. Yeah. That's that's the that's the biggest uh, focus for all of these guys. Um, any any positivity with you, Barry, Rory, Justin Rose, Justin Thomas, Jason Day? I'll start with Rory. Um, I don't know. Something feels just a a little bit off of them. It's if it, you know if it's one thing one week, it's another thing the next week. You know, his putting's kind of gone a bit crap again. Um, I don't know if he needs to go sit down and have a session with Faxon um, another time. Uh, because, you know, he put the lights out to win the Arna Palmer Invitational. His, yep. I don't know, his, his, is it his ball striking that's a little bit off? You know, he's not quite hitting those super high greens in regulation numbers, which, you know, as we were saying in the show last week, we think is going to be quite key this week. Um then again it's a major if he steps it up uh of course he can contend and if he brings his a game this week he'll he'll win it comfortably um you could say that then for for the, the other guys you know your J- jason day justin thomas i don't know i'd love i'd love to see rory win he's got a lot of motivation to win a major it's been four years since his last one um, he'll probably feel like the other guys around him have been making a few more headlines than he has in the last while, uh, and that's and there's a big motivational factor for him. I w- I would show I'd have a little bit of concern if uh, over his game if those fairies get super firm and fast. Um, the driving accuracy and, yeah. is not amazing. And, and if he gets a little bit risky with it, it could uh, it could end up in a few catastrophic holes. Yeah. Paul, Paul will back me up on this. Clearly, he was the 36-hole leader at Wentworth, wasn't he? Yeah. And he was playing some... And this is it. When he's playing well, he's playing really well. But then he'll wake up the next day and it seems that that's completely disappeared. There seems to be some rather... You know, it's, it's like X and Ys. Big troughs, big peaks. But at Wentworth, that course started to firm up, didn't it? Saturday, Sunday, and he slowly slipped away. Yep. And you can see now, something similar that, happening here, yeah. can't you? Because isn't the yeah. thunderstorms forecast for Wednesday? There's then? likely, well, you say likely, it's 50-50 right now. It could, there could be thunderstorms on Wednesday. Now, if that happens, that's clearly a very big tick in the box for Rory. Mm. I and mean, if it doesn't happen, it will go the other way. He can play on firm golf courses, but whether he can play on a golf course that's really firm and it's blowing 20 miles an hour and it's US Open tough, Leave that one open. That question. Well, where are you at, Barry? That, where are you on Rose and Thomas? Back Barry, to what, okay. What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I like I like what we were saying about the uh, the mental factor for Rose. Uh, you know, the combination of getting to world number one with also you know trying to win a, a major. But he's won the U.S. Open before, so he's going to have good vibes going into another U.S. Open. Um, you know, obviously he's been. Uh, one of the top ball strikers around for like what the last six months I guess it's just been uh, a pretty awesome display of uh, golf mm. like yeah. I think even on an off week for Rose the way he's playing these days he's probably going to top 10 if you take Justin Rose over the last six months I think he's probably the most consistent golfer out there apart from about apart from Johnson and Justin Thomas mm. isn't he you know he, he's he's in his position in the world rankings on pure merit, oh, yeah. and, and, that, and, he, and he's been putting better. He's been putting yeah, far yeah. better for the last few yeah, months. Absolutely. He has done for a lot better, and the scrambling. Mm. 
he's really he's really sharpened up that short game, which for a guy of his ball striking ability makes him you know top notch, doesn't it? Oh yeah, makes him very. I know, very I, I know though, Barry of the of the of the shorter prices. I know who you've gone for. So you you tell us who, who you're after this week. I have gone with uh, Ricky Fowler. So, um, for many reasons, I'm a huge fan of his. But, you know, I also think that over the last year, two years, he's been tweaking his formula and slowly kind of putting the pieces of the puzzle together to to get that first major win. Um, He almost, you know, he's been probably a little bit too conservative the last while, you know, for the last few. But at the Masters, I think we saw, um, well, for me personally, I saw kind of a change in the way he went about it. And he turned on the aggression on Sunday from, I think it was about the eighth hole onwards. And he almost timed it perfectly, bar, you know, Patrick Reed beating him by one shot. So that's that's really close. And that's almost getting the formula perfectly nailed down to, to get a major uh, in, his, um, in his locker. Now, I think... On an emotional scale as well, I think the uh, fact he just got engaged last week, I think that's a huge, um, I don't know, it'd be hard to put my finger on exactly what the, you know, what the thing is, but for, for a feeling, a good feeling of just well-being, contentment, you know, everything's great with the world, that is, that has got to be up there with, uh, what, you know, the nappy factor, probably, maybe even, maybe even a bigger thing at his, at the stage of his life it is, so, um, you know, there's a lot of kind of things coming together for Ricky. Uh, we mentioned Kapalua, the link course link last uh, in the last podcast. He was fourth to Cap. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah. fourth to Kapalua this year, and uh, yeah, core, core and Crenshaw course, yeah. And uh, you know, plays fast course as well. Very strong in the wind, and you know, the, the game's coming into good position at the moment. You know, he's got got a new kind of new thing in his swing. He was a little bit concerned about when it doesn't work, it goes bad, but it's been getting more and more consistent, and that was shown at Memorial in his last outing. He was 75% of fairways and 72% of greens, so there's a lot of converging trends to uh, to push him into the right spot for me, and uh, yeah, I've gone in pretty heavy on him. So Don't forget, he was second at Pinehurst number two, which was another core and Crenshaw renovation. Mm-hmm. So he's got previous, isn't he? Yeah. What, can I just ask the question, because I can't remember. What was the situation with Sergio when he won his first major last year? Something had just happened there as well, hadn't it, with, him, with his lady? Didn't he just get engaged before that, wasn't it? Yeah, I thought so. I think you could be right. Is that right? Is that right, Paul? He's like, he may have just got married, actually, because um, they had their first baby not long before this year's renewal, didn't they? So if you work back the mathematics, then I suspect it, it was probably their marriage. It was probably their wedding as opposed to... got married on July 29th last year. That's not from memory. It's just a quick search. So uh, I'll have to uh, see if he... Uh, I'll see if I can find a date when he uh, got engaged while, while we're talking. Something had happened, I'm sure, because you know, it was all... Well, you know, he's, he's, he's the happiest ever, he's ever been, and a lot of people clocked on that. Yeah, you're probably right. Then anybody was his engagement. It must have been a pretty, uh, pretty, a pretty, one. pretty quick turnaround. All right, there we go, guys. Uh, at the beginning of last year, so in January last year. So you know, there was a, okay. So there was a little bit of time, but it was the next major after that they got engaged, and uh, similar circumstance for Ricky right here. 
I remember when I got engaged to the good lady Bamford, and uh, there was a lot of stress in the build-up. You got you know sort the ring out, then you uh, and then you've got it's all weighing on your mind about how you're going to do it. Is it going to go well? What's the response going to be? And it builds up and it builds up and it. And I don't care who you are, or what level of life you are. If you're a professional golfer or you're just you know the honest Joe on the street. It's going to have, to have the same effect. So to get a great outcome and for everything to be tickety-boo, I think that's going to have a massive positive uplift in Ricky's mind. And, you may have guessed, I've uh, I've tipped him up as well. Two and a half points each way, 20 to 1 with bet three, six, five, eight places each way. I'll tell you the thing I noticed, Barry, you might have read it as well on, on my piece that went out. 65-67 over the weekend at... Um, at Augusta, and as you said, he only ended up one shot shy, didn't he? And he and he birded the last, didn't he, to put the real pressure on Reed to make a par. Mm. And that and that was with all that hullabaloo of everyone getting on Jordan Speed. We, you know, they all wanted Speed to win it, and Ricky was very popular as well. And I do like the fact, and he does seem to be great at this. And I still think this is a Butch Harmon thing at peaking. I don't think he's really interested at a colonial or a memorial. He's just there working his game and getting it to a state that he's happy with. My only concern with Ricky, and we know this, he he's a hunter, isn't he? He doesn't like to be hunted. So actually, if, if you've got lots of people that, oh, you know, Ricky's the first round leader on Thursday, oh, that to me might almost be a negative. For me, I'd just like him to be just tucked in the slipstream Thursday. You know, just up there in the top ten, just sitting there, nice and chilled. Because, as we know, he at, to this point, when he's actually leading the pack at tournaments, he he doesn't convert brilliantly, does he? It's that position that he finds himself on Saturday night is the critical one for me. If he's he's got to, he's got to be far enough from the lead for it not to be an issue, but close enough to the lead that he can actually catch him. So half a shot. <laughs> Well, it, I, yeah. something like th- three shots is probably almost ideal. I think what, what was he? Was he five behind going into the final day? At, uh, no, Augusta? no, no. He was seven behind. He was seven, he was seven behind. Yeah, seven shots behind runaway leader Patrick Reed. Sorry, he was seven shots behind runaway leader Patrick Reed after Friday. So yes, I expect he was three or four behind on Saturday, which for him is pretty perfect. It gives him yeah, a chance, doesn't it? You, you look at that and you say, well, if there's one player who's going who's gonna to come and shoot that 62, yeah. 63, whatever the number needs to be, then yeah. Ricky Fowler is that player. If Ricky Fowler is three shots ahead going into Sunday, yeah, 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 you, yeah, yeah. you're laying him, aren't you? Because you think, well, <laughs> you know, this isn't how he converts. Yeah, I can see that. That's, that's very logical. So when it doesn't mean he doesn't win this week, though. No, 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 I mean, no, no, yeah. no, no it's, 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 a, it's about his position. It's about how the the first three days of the tournament pans out, which will then you know, help determine how the fourth day pans out. Ultimately, Barry, if he's making some bogeys on Saturday that's pushing him two or three shots behind, it's, it might, might be a better thing. Yeah, I'd rather him be closer to the lead or in the lead than having to make up <laughs> shots at the US Open. It's just, it's not, I mean, okay, depending if the conditions get soft and the guys can go chasing birdies, that's great. But I, I don't know, US Open, it's not the, I don't like the idea of your guy, the guy you have a bet on needing to make up some shots. Because that's a kind of course, it's the kind of course that can chew you up when you start getting a bit aggressive with it, by the looks of it. Um, I've got only time will tell when it starts playing out. Um, 
But I, I do agree with you with the theory behind it that he is better as a hunter than uh, the hunted. Mm. Here you go. I'll, I'll read this out to you. Path to victory, yeah? Brooks Coker was second going into uh, Sunday, as was Dustin Johnson. Jordan Spieth was first. Martin Kyman was first. Justin Rose was fifth. The one that really screws that up was, if you remember, at the Olympic Club, which was a really weird US Open. Uh, Webb Simpson was eighth going into Sunday. But yeah, if you if you could get if you could get Ricky just one or two shots back, just tucked in there, just behind the leader Saturday evening, I think it's all systems go. Should we just Quite end the possibly. podcast there then? Yeah. <laughs> I think. <so. laughs> um. uh, if I, I'll jump in here as well because I've gone for another short price. For me, the other guy that I like this week, um, I've got a feeling. I reckon around about eight, ten under might win this week. That's just where I'm kind of at with it. I don't think it's going to be as tough as Oakmont. I don't think they can get the greens as firm. Um, I think the wind's going to be there to make it tricky. Um, I could see a 10-11 under winning this. And and for me, if you just look at the way that he plays, if you look at how aggressive he is off the tee, if you see his I mean his key numbers for the last time at Colonial, you know I love all this. He finished fifth. He was second for greens in regulation. He was ninth for total driving. He was second for strokes gained off the tee. And he was 12th in all round. And that, that, that was the best set of numbers I found across the whole field. In the preceding tournament, and I, I, you know, we went through the trends last week. And for me, you look at him. First tournament as a professional, he was fourth at Congressional, U.S. Open, sir, uh, U.S. Open track. He won his first PGA Tour title on Poana at Torrey Pines, another U.S. Open track. Fifth at Pebble Beach, uh, again on pure Poana. I think he made his New York State debut last. Uh, August finished third behind DJ at uh, the Northern Trust Open. I can't remember the name of the golf course, but that was pure Poana. Second at Kapalua behind DJ in January, Core and Crenshaw course. I I personally think John Rahm's going to have a good run this week, so I'm on Rahm. I think twenty to one about him is a decent enough price for me, and. The stat I managed to work out this morning was, if you actually look at him since he became pro, he has delivered a win or an each-way full payout, 44% of his outings, which I think is absolutely phenomenal. So even at 20 to 1, I mean, if he comes in in the top, uh, I back that with Bet365, if he comes in the top 8, you've, you've covered your week. So for me, I'm going Fowler and Rahm at those 20 to 1 price points. Mm. So they're the two that I've gone for at the very top of the market. And that then precludes me, really, from going any for, on, on the tips, for going for any of those kind of mid-prices, your Stensons, your Brandon Graces, who everyone is over like a rash at the moment. Quite rightly, Tommy Fleetwood, people of that ilk, Mark Leishman. Um I also see Francesco Molinari's been backed from pill at the post yeah, this morning. Yeah. yeah, he's been backed off the boards, hasn't he? He, he doesn't feel Molinari to me, this, but each to their own, I suppose. Well, he's he's uh, clearly that, playing well, isn't he? You know, obviously, one at Wentworth. He does react better on faster greens as well, uh, Molinari. He does. So I can see the logic he's a ball, there. Yeah, he's ball striker. I mean, for me, 
if you said to me, do you want um, a stake in Molinari this week or at a similar price, a stake in Mark Leishman, I know where I'd be hmm. heading personally. Greer, just before we drift off Ram, just to add a couple of maybe tenuous course links, but I think they will apply here. The win at Port oh Stewart last year in the Irish Open, like very. Well, you you were there. I weren't was, you? yeah, and that's a very undulating links course with winds to deal with, firm, fast fairways, and he he just put on a display. Um, he was picking lines and you know that other guys weren't even seeing, um, and he has that ability to do that with the long ball. And then also, I thought the um, the Open to Espana this year. You know, it was a bit of a, you know, the course didn't look amazing, but it did have that, you know, had that undulating, fast, links-like feel to the course. And, uh, you know, he put on a great display on on the Sunday to to break our hearts because I think I was on Paul Dunn. I'm not sure. I think you guys might have been as well. No, you... You both, you will. Yeah, won. oh god, that, was that the day that Don and Siwoo? That was the weekend, Don and Siwoo. I had the double on the both of them, so yeah. Mm. Um, That's yeah. right, you guys thought you were going to be multi millionaires <laughs> and then it all started unraveling. Oh, I did a what? Yeah, on, on, on WhatsApp. Yeah, it went full Wesley. Let me read, let, let me, let me read this out, and I, I do love that point, Barry. Um, it did that, did dawn on me that that one at Ballyliffin and. I know that it was a crazy, it was quite a low score, but it just shows you these courses he plays well at. People go, oh yeah, but you know, oh, at the Players' Championship, his, his record's awful, and this is very, well, it's not really very similar, is it? Because at the Players' Championship, everyone's hitting driving irons and they're hitting three woods, or because that course makes everyone do the same thing. Here, on a big, wide course where he can hit that driver as hard as he wants, and at the moment he's hitting tons of fairways and he's hitting it just arrow straight to a certain extent. I think this is the kind of course where he actually comes to the to the front. Listen to this. This this is Poa and newer. I you know I rank um, I rank across PGA Tour um, tournaments rolling five years. If I look at the top performers on Poana, Jason Day tops it. Dustin Johnson second. Paul's favourite. U.S. Open bet, Branch Schnedeker, he's third. Then we've got Jordan Spieth, Jimmy Walker, and John Rahm. And John Rahm has only been on the tour. This will be two, well, it's not even two years, this tournament, because he turned pro a couple of weeks after the Oakmont U.S. Open. So he's been on tour less than two years. He already ranks sixth in my um, rankings for Poana. He, he clearly likes the putting surface, yeah. Yep. So I, I just, I, he'd be the kind of guy that I would go. Well, actually, I don't think he's a U.S. Open sort. He ain't got the. Uh, but actually, I think if this does turn into a little bit, I've got the feeling reading Phil Mickelson's comments from his visit last week. He said it's the fairest, the fairest U.S. Open um, course that he's seen for twenty-five years, and he says. Good players will be rewarded and good shots will be rewarded. And at the end of the week, there's going to be no luck involved. The best player of the week will win the tournament. And that gives me a little bit of hope with Ram, because I think he's playing some fantastic stuff. And I, I'm on the... I'm, I, you know me, I do like him. What he's done in the first two years of his career is absolutely phenomenal. It's better than Spieth did over the first couple of years. 
Because Spieth struggled for wins at the very outset, and then of course 2015 it all clicked and it, they all came one after the other. Mm. But what Rahm's, Rahm's done in the first what, 102 weeks of his professional career is unbelievable. So I just, I just think he's got a real chance and he's played so well at the Masters, so he's got that off his back now. He knows that he can contend at majors and that was firm and fast. I just, I just think he's a great shot this week. I think with with Ram, it will come down to a couple of factors. Firstly, how tough it really does play, because mm-hmm. if it's a if it's a grind and um, yeah, level, yeah, yeah. level par is if it's level if it's level par, he won't win. Then Garrett's then lucky. he'll get too frustrated with it. Um, yeah. If it's seven, eight, ten under, he's got a chance, I think. But yeah, that that will come down to whether he can control his emotions for full four days yeah. and when he was playing at home he won his won the Spanish Open and clearly he was very happy yeah he was happy to be playing there he knew the course and didn't have a great field to beat there and kind of sauntered around and, and won it out of Canter really um, a US Open isn't going to be like that if things go wrong if he, if he you know he, he, a bad drive into the fescue whatever it ends up being that then switches him and you know suddenly that's you, you, you see an ang- angry John yeah that um, doesn't bode well bode then that well. doesn't bode well no I do like his grouping though him Sergio and Rafa for the first two rounds I think that's perfect for him yeah potentially yeah good good that'll comfort keep the, that, that'll keep that'll keep the lid on it I think because he's got his two boys his two Spaniards with him and they, they, you know it can be like the conquistadors for the first two rounds they'll, they'll love it <laughs> as long as Sergio plays half decent yeah. Clearly, if he's dragging them down at twelve over after sort of eighteen holes, it might not be so good. Yeah, yeah. I think Cabrera Bello's got half a half a decent chance as well. I don't, I don't think that's the worst of long shots. Mm. Right, where are you two at then? Because I've been nattering on for too long. Tell the listeners who you've backed. I've got okay. Outside of I have Stenson. I've had him. I got him on the exchange a good while back, and yeah. about about forties. So. Um, yeah, he's probably my favourite golfer. And I, okay, so just to run through a couple of reasons why he's already a major winner. He's got links pedigree. He's uh, his ball striking is just out of the you know, off the charts this year. He's first in strokes gained approach to the green this year. He's thirteenth off the tee, and that's pretty much without using a driver, as we all know. Uh, at the FedEx St Jude's, he was seventy five percent fairways, seventy six percent of greens. Although his putting was, I mean, like so cold, ice cold, it wasn't even, you know, there's no way you can put that bad every, you know, again two weeks in a row, or at least I'd like to think so. And uh, his last three tournaments for greens and regulation, he's been 83%, 78%, 76%. So um, that kind of fits in nicely with the, the greens and regulation. And he won't, he shouldn't need to put so amazingly well, as we discussed last week. So no, no, it's not. It's not a pun contest. It's a, it's a, it's a avoid three putt contest. Yeah, exactly. So look, I'm, I'm dead happy to be on board at the price it got, and so yeah, go Henrik. I'm on it. Yeah, you know, I'm on him anti post. Yeah. So listeners know that I'm on anti post as well. So yeah. Um, do, do you want to jump in with one, Paul, and then we can go back and forth there? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I've backed five so far. In total, and I might not go much deeper than that because I'm quite happy with it. Um, I have backed Brandon Grace. I've got him at 45, so clearly he has been backed off the boards today, and he's down to well, as low as 25 in some spots. 25 to one with Coral. Not interested in that. 
No, that's just that's mad. You know, for for me, forty fives was probably the the borderline as to whether I went in or not. And um, yeah, forty fives of eight places early today. I thought, well, that's worth. If taking I could have grabbed fifty to one when we published, I'd have been all over him like a rash. Yeah, but I can't take I can't take those. No, and if you wanted the ten places or you know some of the extended places now, even what's the time? Six o'clock um, on Monday. You're really compromising the price. You really are. Compromising. If you're if you're happy to take five places each way, I caught the odds with Ladbrokes. Get on there quick because he's forty to one. But whether that's there in the morning, highly debatable. Yeah, but you know, I think the reason he's being backed in is quite valid. He has a very very strong links pedigree. He's um, he's just had a, had a baby. We talked about the engagement factor, you know, the nappy factors. Uh, you know, we've talked about it ad nauseum, so I won't go into that anymore. Um, his history was he a Dunhill Links champion? Fancourt two or three times he's won there. Clearly, reacts on this kind of surface. We talked about Qatar and the Doha Link um, on the previous show. Um, there's an awful lot to like. Um, yeah, and he's good on Parana as well. Yeah, he is. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I think for me, if he is going to win a major, and I, I suspect he has got one in him, then it's going to be on this kind of setup. It's going to be on this kind of links or faux links kind of course that um, he does react on um, so well. If the, the, the weather forecast, the wind forecast is slightly stronger than it was when we talked last week, and I think that will help him as well. Um, he's got a fantastic low ball strike, which is uh, ball flight, which is um, well well suited to this format of the game. So it's no, it's no surprise to see him pop up and perform so well on links or links type tests. So. Um, so yes, I think it's all about whether you, you know at the price on offer you can justify taking the chance in this field against what is clearly an elite field where you know one of the top players could quite conceivably have the week that they uh, that would see them walk away with the title. So um, we know he's a genuine grinder as well, don't we? We yeah. know that he could grind. He's done it at Chambers Bay. He's done it at Oakmont. Um, yeah. He's a good bet. Yeah, good bet. yeah. And the other, the other one again. These, these are guys that you've mentioned, so you can you obviously know exactly where I'm going, Steve. With uh, without me even needing to tell you, uh, Leishman, I've backed. Um, I got him eighty to one earlier with um, a boost. Generally, he was sixty six. Um, again, I've had to compromise there and take five places, but um, for me, Leishman's either going to contest and uh, contend and be kind of that top five type of finish, or he'll be nowhere near it. It's um, you know. It, He's in that kind of um, run now where he's either getting top 10s, top, you know, he was second at Byron Nelson. And in, interspersed with that, you've got miscuts and some, you know, far weaker overall performances. So mm. I don't mind taking a longer price there at a higher price, at a higher price with fewer fewer places just uh, to satisfy me at my curiosity. He top 10 at Augusta and he was second after 36 holes, wasn't he? So, yeah. you know, he's clearly playing some great stuff. Yeah, and again, you know, from a major links perspective, he's got the pedigree to suggest that he can um, perform on this time. And, you know, if I think right, Grace has got a major in him, I think Leishman's got a, got a major in him. You know, both of those guys have got an, uh, an opportunity, I think. Um, and the third one is Brant Snedeco, who I've backed. Um, I thought it was interesting to see him pop up last week. Clearly, he's had some uh, injury issues over the last few months. Um, if I go back, one of the correlating courses that we've talked about is Torrey Pines, um, in terms of being firm and fast, in terms of it's uh, being Pioneer surfaces, um, you know, a, a tricky test. And Snedeker's got an outstanding record at Torrey Pines, um, twice a winner there. Um, it's to combine that with 
clearly he has had some links um, success um, at the majors in the past without you know without actually getting over the line but clearly he's been in contention I forget which of the open championships it was now that he was leading after 36 but uh, I think it was the one that I think it was the one that Scott threw away yeah and the Ells came, uh, came through yeah but um, you know, clearly he can he can play that kind of uh, that, that kind of format of event and uh, and course and uh, you know, he popped up did he shoot was it 62 in round 2 or 3 last week Um one of those standout rounds. He, sh- he shot a decent round on Saturday, yeah, at the yeah. So, uh, yeah, 62 on the... Uh, this is St. Jude's uh, last week, yeah, so he shot 62 on round two last week. So so clearly there's um, there's, there's some underlying form there. Um, and I thought 110 to 1, um, and that's been nibbled in as well this morning, as you'd expect. I thought that was well worth a little nibble myself. Um, my, my fourth one I won't go through because it's the same as your final tip Steve so I'll leave that with you um, the absolute bomb that I've gone with is Scott Stallings interesting um, and I've taken him at 1000 on the exchange um, and again if you look he's got a fantastic Torrey Pines record um, he's won there he finished uh, he, he lost the playoff to Jason Day I think the year after as well but what got me, after a run of really poor form, he was 30th last week. He was 10th going into the final round. Um, but he topped the total driving stats. He was third for ball strike and he was fifth for all round. He's clearly found something in his game. Now, if you go back to earlier in the season, he finished seventh at Pebble, fourth at Riviera. There's, there's, there's some correlation with both of those courses, I think. Um, and often with Scott, he has these very short, sharp, purple patches of form and then goes right off the ball again. Um, and I'm not suggesting he can win this because I, I suspect it probably is a little bit too much. I want to find a market for him um, for my extended markets piece um, that's going out tomorrow. But as a trading opportunity, a 1000 I think that's worth taking. And uh, you know, let's assume he does get himself into some kind of semi-contending position. Then, then I can do some uh, some some trading on Betfair with with him at that price. Have you got any thoughts on triple odds players of any ilk like that? I uh, yeah. What do you think? Barry? I have a couple. I have a couple of others. So I'm also on Leishman. Um, he's just you know he's shown up in the majors. Uh, he's had a Cracking performance recently at the Byron Nelson. Uh, everything was on fire. Uh, Core and Crenshaw design. Um, yeah, and uh, it's all it's, uh, the other, uh, part of the reason it's a little bit weird, it's a little bit messed up. But I'm sure we all put bets on like this um, because we're gamblers. But it, it's out of fear because I convinced the guy wins a major at some time, and when I'm not on him, I have epic fear every major i'm not on him yeah. so it's almost like a an emotional saver so i'm on, I'm on leashman so that, so that so that worked really well for you at the open that henrik won yeah clearly. yeah yeah oh, yeah that was a great open um so i mean and look and leashman has has said it time and time again how he loves playing in windy conditions you know he grew up playing in much windier conditions than they'll face this week so um, and firm and fast courses so it'll fit right in this wheelhouse he'll feel very comfortable on this course uh, so mm-hmm. yeah have him on board um, I've, brought, I've gone for uh, Matt Kuchar as well uh, I, I, I don't know I like to think you know uh, in a kind of a romantic sense of the you know, of golf history that Kuchar does get um, get a major and he's just so 
unremarkably solid across the board and all the stats. And he, he, he he's a bit of a machine for um, popping into the places in majors. And you never know, he might just pop and get a win. He um, His last outing at Memorial, he was uh, pretty solid across the board. And one thing I noticed was he was minus four on the par threes for the week, which was... Um, which is superb ball striking around Muirfield. And that's the kind of thing that'll help him a lot um, at a US Open. Um, and I think, you know, Maddie's a very patient uh, player as well. And if it does, the going gets tough, he can grind it out with the best of them. Um, On to a couple. So they're kind of the mid-level odds. And of a couple of long ones, uh, I took Adam Scott on the exchange at 120s which I just couldn't ignore because his his long game is absolutely off the charts at the moment. Yeah, uh, it is good. Yeah, it's, He's probably the best in the field, to be fair. It, it could, in recent form, yeah, he could be, for sure. Now, yeah, his, it's, it's top-notch, it, mate. It's top his notch. putting was, is just like sub-zero. It's, so, it's just so bad at the moment. <laughs> but he, he makes Henrik look like... Yeah. Uh, I was going to say Jordan Spieth, but that'd be wrong these Vin, days. Vinter Spieth, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It, like Justin Thomas, for example. Yeah, yeah so I mean, just a couple of interesting little things that came to my attention this week. So he was messing around, practicing with the short putter, but he says he's going to play with the, the broom handle, just holding it away from his chest. Um, and then something came through today on one of the Golf Channel emails saying that he ditched his uh, regular caddy and he's taking a local caddy, Lenny Bomolo, this week. And yeah, he's, yeah. they've played, they've um, teamed up before. And uh, one one thing was interesting. Scott used him during uh, casual rounds of Shinnecock over the last few years, uh, including one round back in 2013 when he set the course record from the championship tees. So uh, a bit of kind of a familiarity, feel-good factor around the place. And, uh, you know, he's got a major to his name, so he has that experience. And... He could just have a, a half decent week with the putter, and he'll be there. He's been playing. He's been playing well enough, hasn't he, Scott? Yeah. I mean, I think. I mean, it's all relative, yeah. So don't shoot me down in flames, and don't shoot me down if you're listening. But his putting has slightly improved since he's gone back to the long, the broom putty. Yeah? A little bit, yeah. It, it's all relative, but the, as we know, this isn't going to be a putting contest. But, you know, there will be points in the tournament, most likely when he misses a par putt from fourth. Mm-hmm. And you'll be holding it, holding your head in your hands. But, I mean, the, the numbers, that his ball-striking numbers are absolutely phenomenal right now. Yeah. They are crazy. If I could find them, I'd... Re- Here we go. So, at Memorial, last outing. Eighth for greens in regulation. Sixth for total driving. First for strokes gained off the tee. You know what we were saying last week. That's a lovely set of numbers, and then his all-round number gets dragged down because of the putting to 17. But he's in good nick, isn't he? I'm, I'm down. Yeah, for sure. And at the Byron Nelson, he had 89% of greens and 91% of fairways. Oh yeah, Abs- yeah. Well, I was I was on him that one. Phenomenal. Week. Yeah. Anyway, and I, so, I I watched the putting. Yeah, yeah, with a blo- with but, a blindfold. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, but you say yeah, but you say that. I mean that he he shot something like 16 under that week and was putting terribly. Mm. So at a US Open where that isn't going to be a factor, it makes a, it, he makes a lot of sense. I think. Yeah. Can I just with with Scott one fact um, one stat that really stuck out to me when I put these numbers together for the site this week was. Um, from 29 majors that he's played since the start of 2011, he's finished in the top 20 18 times yeah. out of 29. So he tops that stat. Now, you're not going to get rich on this particular bet, but he's 5-2 to two currently with a number of firms to finish top 20. 
So it's too big, isn't it? Given the ratio that he's um, achieved over that period of time, and you know, as you guys have said, he's he's shown a bit of form. He's certainly shown some form of his long game, and uh, you know, he, he may have found something marginal with the, with the putter, I guess. And um, you know, if you if you're a top twenty punter, then I think there are far, I just, far uh, yeah, I think it's interesting, Paul. That and and the, the, you know what Barry was saying, the fact that he has gone to a local caddy. I mean, that that sounds like a really smart move. Mm. A caddy that's yeah. g- they're going to know absolutely every nuance of that golf course, yeah. and we know that Scott's game, power, is wide off the tee. That's what he likes. You know, he's not the straightest, but we know that his greens and regulation numbers are fantastic. His scrambling's his major championship quality. You know, so I think that's a very very strong bet. At, 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 I'm seeing sixty sixes, or even with Paddy Power, um, sixty to one, ten places each way. Yeah, you'd be happy with that. Um, and one, 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 one final point on it is that he actually qualified to get into this, so he's going to feel you yeah, feel yeah. like he's free rolling. Yeah. Um, keep that yeah. roll going. I, I've one, fi- one final bet. Uh, big fan of his, and a couple of his last four events, he's been fifth, twenty-first, fifth, and forty-third last week. He's uh, he's long enough off the tee. He's not very accurate, so the. Um, the, fit, the wide fairways will suit him a lot, but he's obviously playing very good golf at the moment. And uh, the, the final thing that kind of tipped it for me to really go for it uh, was that his one of his really good mates, Brooks Kapka, won uh, the US Open last year. So I've backed Peter Uline at 150 to 1 with bet 365, eight places. Yeah, could see him going. Yeah, he did the business for you the other week, Barry, yeah. didn't he? So, uh, the, wide, the wide fairways will suit him, that's for certain. And he's certainly long enough. Yeah. He's as long as you like. I've got three. I mean, I'm going to, for listeners, I'm putting out my long shot piece uh, tomorrow, Tuesday. But three, I think, have got a good eye, a good um, chance at triple, uh, triple digits. Um, I'm already on... Well, to be fair, what am I talking about? I've got a Jimmy Walker um, at eighty to one. Uh, so, no, I did get him a hundred to one, didn't I? He's, he's just been back to us. What's confused yep. me? I've got Jimmy Walker at hundred to one with bet three six five. I also do like the look of Shane Lowry. I think he, you know, we remember him a couple of years ago at Oakmont. He likes Poana. He's hitting the ball really cleanly at the moment. I can see Lowry going well. Loves coastal golf. Great scarambler. Has a really good record at places, you know, like the Open Championship. I think Keegan Bradley might surprise a few this week. He, um, his, his ball striking numbers are absolutely phenomenal at the moment. Bradley, third for GIR at Memorial, fourth for total driving, fourth for strokes gained off the tee, and a bit like Adam Scott because his putting isn't the best. He was twentieth all round, but I think Bradley. At anything up to 150 to one could be a decent bet this week, and the other one I like, and Paul, I know that you're aware of this individual because we kind of found out at the same time, is Big Bad Gary Woodland, yeah. who loves power. He's a good bet, Gary. A decent, yeah, a decent record at Torrey Pines, a very very good record at Pebble Beach as well, and he played. Very, very well last time out at Memorial. 23rd, he finished. He was 8th for greens and regulation. 5th for total driving. 5th for strokes gained off the tee. And then the real shock 
He was third in the all-round category. That set of stats is probably, for me, second only to John Rahm going into this. And yes, yeah. people go, oh, Gary, choke, blah, blah, blah. But if there's a golf course that's going to suit somebody of his ilk, this is it. I really, I think... No, I can, I can see him going well. Yeah, he could be a good shout list. I, I think Woodland's got at least a top 10 in a major in him. Don't forget, he finished, mm. uh, was it what, second in a World Golf Championship match play to McElroy? I mean, he can he can mix it at the highest level when he's on. Yeah. It's just the, the Sundays just got to go right for him. And, you know, the, the, the clearly a lot of Sundays earlier in the season didn't go right. And then he won in Phoenix. People off. Then he won in Phoenix, yeah. And it all did go right that, that day. So, um, yeah, on, on their day, everything clicks, um, away they go. And Gary, Gary's got the raw skills to uh, to contend in. I've, I've yeah. got no doubt about that whatsoever. Anything else to add, add gentlemen, before we close? No. No, I've got the um, first round leader punts, which I've been working through today. So they'll be going out tomorrow afternoon so uh, we'll link them on the uh, description on Podbean yeah, yeah. we'll put, put those on as well um, for those of you who like to have a first round leader bet all I will say to close it does make I mean you, you can't tell sitting here on a Monday or a Tuesday but you need a player to if you've got aspirations for the win they have to be up with the pace from the very outset so hoping for a good start on a Thursday is absolutely essential but yeah, in the case of Ricky, we don't want him leading. Yeah, tied for lead is fine. <laughs> uh, I'd take a tie for third or fourth, quite nicely, just one shot behind the lead or something like that. That'd be great. Yeah, listen, I, I actually I'm really looking forward to seeing this golf course. Uh, what I've seen on social media and with previews and reading about it. Um, there's a great piece on the fried egg uh, about the course and and all across the net. I, I'm. I'm really excited to see this golf course and how it plays, and I, I hope the uh, the weather cooperates and we get to see it play as the USGA would like it to play. You know, firm and fast, but yeah. a good test and uh, and fair. So uh, at the end of the week, whatever happens at our bets, the you know you'll be able to go you know tip the hat to the champion and say well done, they played the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Best totally well, thank you for your time, gentlemen. It's been a pleasure as always. I'll speak to you again next week. And thanks for listening. Uh, you've been listening to the Golf Betting System US Open podcast for 2018. We'll see you again very soon. Thank you and goodbye.